0: Isn't it interesting that we're willing to go to Super Bowl parties and cheer for different teams and eat the same wings and eat the same nachos and eat the same pizza and wear different jerseys, but with everything else we go, oh no.
1: If you're afraid to post anything online or talk to friends and family right now, it's probably because you're afraid you're going to offend them. Well, Ryan Leak has written a book all about that. And as Christians, how we're supposed to be unoffendable. It starts with us. And he's in the 30 Second Book Club podcast today. Ryan, this book kind of feels like it came from a
0: personal place. So I wrote this book in response to the 2016 election. I had no idea it would be more relevant in the 2020 (laughs) (laughs) election. I just, I, I assumed that you know, it would be a thing of just like, uh, man, I just saw so many. And I don't know if it was just me getting older or, or what the deal was, but I had just never seen so much division in my life. It was just, there was probably around 2015 Black Lives Matter organization campaign was, was, was really getting some steam and police brutality wasn't new people filming. It was, Mm. it was being caught on tape that that's, that, that's what changed. But police brutality wasn't a new thing. Um, So it was like the accountability around that and conversations around what that looked like were just so divisive. And then, uh, then the 2016 election, just um, people, it, it was like people were more political than anything. And, and I was just, um, I do a lot of consulting. And so I, I'm kind of a middleman by personality and by profession a little bit. I'm always trying to look at both sides of a perspective. And you know I just realized that trying to have these conversations with people, it's, it's the only way that you could have truly healthy conversations is when you would remove offense from the conversation. And it's really kind of like setting ground rules at the, at the very beginning of a conversation that says, hey, I want you to be honest because I don't want you to be politically correct. I really want to know what you actually think. And I really want you to know what I actually think. And if we can both agree that we're going to love and respect each other, no matter what, I think we actually have a chance at, at, at actually having a true relationship.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that there's a lot a lot of that missing when people just are yelling past each other right now. One of the things that I think I struggle with a lot is when I see somebody and and I'm sure you see this too as a as a pastor, when you see somebody another pastor, someone in your profession that seems like they're more successful than you and you're thinking, "Man, I really want to be them." And it's hard to celebrate them, but you say that's kind of mm-hmm. one of the one of the tricks of being unoffendable.
0: We all have this like Comparison thing. It, it doesn't matter. I, I have lived in every kind of neighborhood you can live in, from suburbs to the inner city. And what I've done in every neighborhood is compare my house to to my neighbors. <laughs> it, 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 it didn't. It didn't matter. It, it didn't matter what neighborhood I lived in or the kind of neighborhood I, I lived in. The problem was me. And there's there's something intentional. I think that can happen when when we make a decision to celebrate what is happening with our neighbor and celebrating what's happening in someone else. And sometimes the person that you are jealous of or comparing yourself to is the person you should be praying for. Because sometimes we view people as enemies and it's like, we don't really know what an enemy is. Like when Jesus used the phrase, love your enemies, there was an actual enemy and it was the Roman Empire. It was there was actual, like real persecution on a large scale. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking like cities being evaporated, okay, <laughs> burned down, taken over, like crucifixions. They would leave people on crosses to remind them of just how powerful the were. So when you when when Jesus used those words, it was like love, your,
1: we make enemies out of facebook friends (laughs) it's like what yeah a bad bad instagram comment someone someone... like what
0: like are you serious and so if jesus would tell them that like on our level, it's so much smaller it doesn't mean that we don't have people that aren't against us, sure but at the level that his audience was dealing with an actual enemy it was a, a proportion I don't think any one of us in today's modern society can ascertain. And so I, I think we, we have some decisions to make about, you know, when we see someone else get celebrated. Sometimes we can be offended that someone isn't celebrating us. Someone can be getting likes and we're not. And we're offended by that. Someone gets more comments, more shares, more retweets, more celebration than us. And I, I just like to encourage people, man, go to the party. Be a person that celebrates others. I think we all have a friend that no matter what the conversation is about, it always ends up being about them. They could even ask you how you're doing, and somehow that conversation turns into how they're doing. It just, But I think when we make a decision to, to really – be intentional about celebrating the lives of others. And I, I think we give ourselves a chance to, to be less offended.
1: I thought this was kind of interesting too. It's one step to say, okay, I'm not gonna be offended by somebody. And then it's another step to say, okay, I'm gonna celebrate them. But then you talk about that it's part of being unoffendable is being less offensive to others as well. I, I feel like that's kind of something that maybe we have to kind of self check ourselves. And that's always a, a tough thing to do.
0: Absolutely. And, and to me, what this is about, it's self-awareness. And uh, most of us are not. In fact, a lot of people have become more self-aware lately because they've had to wear masks. And they now know what their breath actually smells like. <laughs> and they didn't before. Right. They didn't know. <laughs> they did not know what everyone else around them was enduring for decades. And now <laughs> they know and again i could apply that same silly principle to so many other things that our our loved ones our colleagues our friends our workout partners our family like the things that they just go well that's you know that that's just how they are that that's just that's just life you know that's just andrew that's just ryan and most of us don't carry a large amount of self awareness and Here's what I realize about a person that talks about being unoffendable a lot: I offend people probably every day. I'm a public speaker. I'm sure I've offended. I'm getting ready to speak here in a little bit. I might have. I might have already offended someone on this interview. I mean, <laughs> it's it is a part of of our being, and the reason that that is so important to realize, like, man, I'm I could be doing a lot of offending right now. Is it allows me to give grace when I'm offended, because I realize I I am committing the crime that I wish people didn't commit against me.
1: Let's talk about this. I thought this was a really cool analogy. Other people's opinions are like elevators;
0: they can take us up, they can take us down. And I think it's important uh, that you, you you know you put people's opinions in in, in their proper place. Um, I, I've been very fortunate and very privileged to get thousands of people's opinions about what I do. So I have so many that I can forget many. <laughs> when, when you only get 10 in a year, they can stick with you a little bit more. So I don't want to sound too insensitive in this and kind of carry this, this notion that you can, you know, just not care what people think. No, I think you should care what people think. I did think you should care um, about the what the right people think and sometimes that's just choosing the opinions that um that you're going to take seriously so if i hear something i don't like what i do is i then take that to my best friend and say hey man i heard this someone said this and you know is there is there a little bit of truth to this (laughs) is this is, is there would you agree like is this something that you wish you could say to me but this person said it to me because they're a stranger and they don't care is there a little bit of truth in this? And is this an area I can grow in? It, this is putting another person's opinion in its proper place of just going, should I allow it to have credibility? Should I not? And But I think when we are swayed by people's opinion, well, that's a roller coaster that's not very fun. Because when you get good opinions, you'll live off of that. And when you get negative opinions, you'll live by that. And I don't think you should live by either. I I, I, I kind of subscribe to a a uh, an even keel lifestyle of, of thinking where it's, you know, my life isn't up or down because of applause or criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been called by God to fulfill his purpose in my life. And I'm going to do my best and hopefully live self-aware enough to know when I'm wrong. And hopefully I'm humble enough to know when I'm wrong. But I don't get too high if someone says, man, that's the best message I've ever heard. I say, thanks. I work hard, pray a lot. So, I mean, it's it's a, if someone says, I mean, that was the worst message I've ever heard. Dude, your book is terrible. I go, well, I I mean, I I worked really hard. and I I prayed a lot. It may not have helped you, but it helped some other people. I mean, I sold a lot. So (laughs) I don't know what you want from me. So, I mean, on some level, you just kind of, you, you, you kind, I, I kind of carry this like rhythm of grace. Does that make sense? It's just like, man, you know, there, there is this um, anxious free life that I think Jesus invites us to where you're not worried about tomorrow. You're just living in the present. You're just there. And and sometimes I think people's opinions want to take us other places that we weren't ever supposed
1: to go. Let's talk about this. I thought this was kind of cool too. And you're talking about, you know, people's opinions, but sometimes the biggest offense comes from phantom discouragement.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, this is a big one. You know, I think when it comes to... uh with to offense we we all turn into to spielberg we turn into christopher nolan we turn into tyler perry we turn into some of the most creative film directors of all time because we start telling ourselves stories and and what can happen is is if you and i are standing next to one another and someone says to me dude i love your shoes what do you instantly do you look down at your shoes and go well my shoes suck that's what i call (laughs) phantom discouragement it's like no one said anything about your shoes. And a compliment of my shoes does not degrade yours. But what we then do is we walk away going, I've got bad shoes. Except people do that with, I've got bad hair, I look bad. Or, you know, if, if someone's standing next to you and somebody says, man, dude, you look great. Man, you've been losing weight. What you been doing? You, you here, you're fat. It's like, no one said that. But we have this subconscious phantom discouragement where it's like, no, no one's when we're so concerned about what's being said about everyone else, we will miss what is very unique and valuable about ourselves. And so there is a way to celebrate others and value what we bring to the table at the same time. Those are not mutually exclusive. Those don't have to be, uh, things that we, we go, well, for them to win, that means I have to lose. I, contrary to popular belief, I believe in win-wins. I think we both can win. And if someone is celebrating mine and not celebrating yours, it does not diminish your win by any stretch of the imagination.
1: I thought this was kind of cool. You, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, a little bit into it, but I love your insight into the story about the prodigal son and being offended. And 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 just talking about how you know the older son he was so mad about what had happened and he was like I, I was responsible God and so I mean what a great example of offense that I had never really dove into
0: yeah you know the, the older brother in the prodigal son story is like he's out there and he he's offended that his dad would do something for him that he would do for his brother that he wouldn't do for him and his dad's just like dude if you want a party throw a party you you, you don't you don't actually need me to throw the party to have one but your brother was lost and he couldn't throw himself a party he was lost and now he's found and i think for that older brother if i was sitting across the table if i was getting coffee with, with the older brother he's going dude my brother ran off and did this stuff with prostitutes and blew the inheritance to come back my dad throws him a party can you believe that ryan i would say yeah i can you should go to the party and if you want to throw one next weekend i'll come to that one too but i sometimes i think we miss out on on what is right in front of us because we can be so consumed
1: you dove into another great story from the bible where i think a lot of people get the wrong idea because they don't really dig into it you know when peter is called uh, goes out onto the water we all remember that he didn't make it but right. but but you've got a better insight instead of thinking looking at that as a failure
0: yeah i mean i i think for peter peter was was he he was getting an opportunity to do something that only two men in human history have ever done only two men in human history can say they've walked on water jesus and peter and peter you know following jesus in Jesus days meant you did everything like your rabbi, everything. You wanted to mirror your life. You want to spend money like, talk like, teach scripture like, exactly like your rabbi. And so for Peter, he took that very literal. And my perspective on Peter is he's looking at Jesus walk on water. He's like, dude, my rabbi is walking on water. I'm walking on water. You other suckers can do whatever you want in this boat, but... (laughs) You know, I, I left my job for this man. So either I'm following him all the way, or I'm not following him at all. It's all or nothing for me. Sink or swim, let's go. I mean, it's, it's it's uh his mentality was just so different. And he's just going, you know what? I, I can't be so concerned about what's happening in the boat and what the people in my boat are gonna think about me when I get out of it. I'm busy following Jesus and and i think that's what separated peter from the others
1: one more quick question you know with the with the election coming up soon how do sure. we stay <laughs> this is a bonus question, how, question. how how do we yeah, stay sure. unoffended when we see something in the news that we don't agree with or somebody on facebook says something is it yeah, possible
0: it is and and i'm glad you asked that question because i think it's it's it, it might be the most important question of the season because i believe christians have an opportunity in this season to be christians more than they ever have And how you treat someone that votes differently than you is how you show Christianity. A lot of people have been saying, no, we'll, we'll show we're Christians by how we vote. I'm like, a Tuesday doesn't get to determine how Christian you are. It's actually Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday will say more about us when how we treat others in the process. I love what Dr. Tony Evans says, he says, oneness does not mean sameness. In other words, We don't have to agree to be unified. We don't have to think the same to be unified. In fact, it's not diversity if we all think and agree on the same thing. Diversity means different perspectives and different thought patterns have come to the table to agree to love and respect the other one's perspective. And so in this season, I encourage people to go, you should sit with someone that's different than you and just listen. And, and, and fight the urge to change them. Fight the urge to get them to think like you and be like you and vote like you and spend money like you and to really learn something about another human who is nothing like you. That is good for you. And that is good for me. And I can tell you, I sat, I'm African-American. I sat with a Caucasian couple the other night and I said, can we have a Black Lives Matter conversation? And I won't be offended one bit if you won't either. It was one of the greatest conversations I've ever had. And we disagreed. And it was beautiful. <laughs> and we, 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 came, we became closer in disagreement than we did in agreement because it was honest. There was no political correctness. There was no cameras. There was no microphones. It was just friends, truly being friends, in learning from each other's perspectives and asking genuine questions. And and I promise you, if that conversation had been recorded, people would flip up they would be so offended by things that were said or heard or misconstrued, but because there was love and respect in that conversation. And we said, Hey, neither of us are going to walk away offended. It just, it was beautiful. And so my hope and prayer for listeners is that, man, as, as, as we continue to be divided, not just on politics, we can be divided on wearing masks for crying out loud. We, We can be divided on sending our kids to school. We can be divided on, should we be, a meeting in person in classrooms or virtual, we we can b- be divided on social distancing. We could be divided on police brutality. We we can be divided on on sports. But it's it, isn't it interesting that we we're willing to go to Super Bowl parties hmm. and cheer for different teams and eat the same wings and eat the same nachos and eat the same pizza and wear different jerseys, but with everything else we go oh no. We will not dine together. You are a part of that group and I'm a part of this group and we will not dine together. But in the sports world, we're fine cheering for different teams and still loving each other and breaking bread. I propose, why not do the same with everything else? You might be Catholic, this other person might be Lutheran or Muslim, but if we both Love steak, why can't we share that?